Good morning to everyone. Happy Mother's Day. And welcome to part four, our finale in our series, Color Coded. And as you see, we have a special day planned for you here today, as I am not here on stage by myself or with my wife, but we have four great panelists who are gonna join us as we wrap up this series on Color Coded, where if you are not familiar with what's going on right here and what we're talking about, we're talking about temperaments and about how God made us all uniquely. And today is special because everyone here, you can't see this on the camera over there, but everyone here is wearing their colors. Now, before we get into today's topic here, how many people, as we were going around there, noticed other people's colors and noticed someone's color that was like, you know, I didn't know that you were that. I didn't realize that you were that. And how many of us, let's be honest, looked at a person who were like, I can't believe you're that. And then the truth, how many of those reactions were when you saw that someone was a red that you didn't think was a red? I bet you it was always in that direction, probably. But anyway, um, we are going to have some fun here today as I brought Sherry and Kendrick and Peter and Diana to help explain what we've been talking about for the past four weeks. And we're going to ask them the questions. But just as a quick reminder of what it is the series is all about. The series is all about our key thought for this idea is that even though we're using the same words, we might not be speaking the same language. The whole point of this series is that God wired us uniquely and that unique wiring affects how we communicate. And we said communicate is how we speak, but also how we hear. So the same words that I hear in one way, you may hear in a different way. The same words that you're saying that motivate you may demotivate somebody else because we all communicate according to our unique temperament. Now, we're going to ask them some questions, but the one question that I've gotten over and over, and I've tried to address it every week, but I just re re reiterate it every time is that the question that keeps coming up that people ask is, is it possible to change temperaments? Is it possible to change temperaments? Because I often hear that someone will say like, I used to be a this and now I'm a this and now I'm this, I'm a this. The answer is no, your temperament is hardwired into you. Your temperament doesn't change. Te think of temperament as the language, your first language. That doesn't change, but that doesn't mean you can't learn other languages. So if you're born in a Spanish-speaking country, that's your first language. That doesn't mean you can't move to France and learn French or move to Germany and, and learn German or move to England and learn English. You can learn other languages, and that's actually the goal, is that as we get older and more experienced, we become proficient. How to speak yellow when it's time to speak yellow. How to speak green when it's time to speak green. So the fact that you're improving in these areas and you're, you're, you're evolving and, and, and growing, that's a great sign. But that doesn't change the fact that your temperament is always gonna be your temperament, okay? And that's kind of the point here, and I hope that comes across as the different panelists share different experiences, is that what is natural for one temperament may be very challenging for another. What comes second nature to you may be very foreign to the other. Like if I tell you sit in silence, it may be very challenging for some temperaments, for others it may be very easy. I say uh, uh, responsibility or diligence, or I say calmness and gentleness. The whole point is we're all proficient, naturally proficient in some things, and we all have a little bit of work to do in other areas, okay? So that's the premise of the series. And like I said, we're gonna get, to get these guys to get a chance to talk about it. But before we ask the questions, why don't we do a quick introduction so everyone knows, okay, who it is that's here on the stage. So Sherry, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us, tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Sure, uh, my name is Sherry Pham, married to Father Timothy Pham. Um, and I have two little ones, a two-and-a-half-year-old and a, a six-month-old. Um, and I am predominantly red, but I do have a little bit of blue in me. So it was actually hard to 
to kind of distinguish the two, the lines get a little bit blurred, but I am predominantly red. As you can tell by her outfit and her microphone. We even color-coded the microphones for you today. Great job with the AV team, color-coding everything, okay? Kendrick, tell us a little about yourself. Hello, I'm Kendrick Barnes. Uh, I'm married to Daggy. I have three kids, and I'm predominantly yellow, 20% uh, green, so. Welcome, Kendrick. Peter. Good morning. Um, my name is Peter Aweda. I'm married to Miriam Aweda. I have two kids, eight and 12, and I have the awesome color of green today, so you guys will hear about that. Thank you. And last but not least, Diana. Diana, um, so I'm actually 60% blue, but 40% red, so predominantly blue. Yeah. Blue is another exact percentage <laughs> in everything. <laughs> and very excited to join the panel and looking forward to the discussion. Okay, great. Okay, so we got a few questions. You guys submitted lots of questions. Okay, too many to be answered, all of them up here. But what I tried to do is kind of group some questions together, modify them so that we could cover most of the questions that were asked. The first question is, what do you think is your most underappreciated strength of your color or temperament? In other words, what's your superpower? And give an example. Okay, so why don't we start here? Peter, why don't you start us off? Tell us the most underappreciated strength of the greens. I think for most greens, it would be we're really laid back, we're chilled out. I think that's kind of our natural state of things. Um, but I mean, even when Father Anthony sent me the questions, it stressed me out. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, I really have to like really look at these questions and try to do it. So I think that's probably the most underappreciated because we're really flexible and able to, you know, work our way through different situations. And when did you actually prepare your answers to the questions that I said? <laughs> <laughs> Depends on who you ask. <laughs> so. All right, we got a text last, Marianne got a text last night from the Green in Leesburg saying how much she appreciated Marianne's story of last week of, because the Green was like, oh no, I got to start preparing my answers to this last night. So thank you, perfect, thank you. Diana, what's the strength, the underappreciated strength of the Blues? I think uh, we're very, I think the blues are very good at anticipating and solving problems. Uh, so I always find myself in settings, whether in school or work, where like I'm the one who's going to say, I think this question is going to come up. I think this issue is going to come down the road. And the typical answer is uh, we'll cross our bridge when we get there. <laughs> and lo and behold, we get there. Uh, and, I, you know, the question comes up, the issue arises. And I think the Blues are very good to have on your team when things go wrong, because we really think about all the different scenarios and how can we can address each and every scenario. So I think that's the superpower for Blue. That's a great superpower to have. How about you, Kendrick? Tell us, superpower of the yellows. Um, my ability to just, like, get along with everybody, <laughs> like, to be cool with everybody. I was like good friends with the kid with the black trench coat and best friends with the star athlete. So whenever I have like a gathering of friends is people from across all spectrums. And it's a good time. Mm -hmm. We have a good time. So. And I can vouch for that. Kendrick and I play on a basketball team together and he's always best friends with everyone except the referees. <laughs> <laughs> They're not big fans of Kendrick. <laughs> because he, you know what I mean? He's so, yes, but that's true about Kendrick. Sherry, tell us about the strengths of the Reds. Um, I think the planning and task orientedness of a red is kind of under, well, not underappreciated in our house, but in general, um, I think it's very appreciated in our house. But I think like the example that comes to mind is anytime we go on vacation, I always have task lists and packing lists for every member of the family and what bags need to go in the back of the car, in the front of the car. Um, 
So that I think is like a, it's a good thing to have and a good quality to have. You always know where the snacks are and that everything is taken care of and ready to go. So Okay. Very valuable. <laughs> and some people are like, woof. <laughs> okay. But that's again, this is the point. Is that there's, is that there's not, this, the whole point of this is to see that this you might say or this or this or this, that's so foreign to me, but it's so natural to someone else. But then what's so natural to you may be so foreign to someone else. That's how God made us, okay? The second question is going to be about weaknesses. So we asked about what the strength for each one is. The second question is, what would be not your superpower, but your kryptonite? What weakness do you wish others would be more understanding of and help you avoid? And I, before I ask them get their answers, I, I, that last part is the part I added to the question, which is what weakness do you wish others would be more understanding of and help you avoid? When it comes to weaknesses, okay, understanding your temperament, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Your temperament is not a justification for your weakness. It's an explanation, but not a justification. So it's not, well, I'm this color, so I'm just rude, or I'm this color, so I'm lazy. Or I'm the, that's not that. It's an explanation of why we maybe wait a little bit longer to start working or why we prepare for things that only after kingdom come are going to actually happen. Okay. It's an explanation, but not a justification. So it's incumbent upon every single one of us to say, these are my weaknesses. This is what I'm working on. But this also is the other point. It's also our duty to say, this is my brother's weakness. I'm going to help him avoid it. This is where my sister is weak. I'm going to cover her in that area. Okay. And I remember there's someone who I'm, I'm, I'm close friends with. We used to work together and we had this kind of deal with each other, which I knew his weaknesses and he knew my weaknesses. And I'm going to do my best that when it's going to be something that's going to cause you to explode, I'll cover that because you're weak in that area. And then if something is going to push my buttons, you cover me in that area. This is what Christianity is supposed to be about. This is what we say in the Thanksgiving prayer and when we pray in the liturgy that God has covered us. God has covered us. means he knows our weakness and he does our best not to expose it. Okay, so that's why I want us to listen to this, be like, yeah, you greens are this, you reds are this. No, no, no. I want you to listen to this and say, if I got a yellow or a red or a blue or a green in my life, this is their weakness. I need to help them in this area because they're not potentially strong in this area. Okay, so with that, Diana, tell us about the weakness of the blues. So I think, it, I think it's from the title, like we say that the blue is the, you know, the the color of perfection. So I think being a perfectionist is a huge weakness. And the reason for that is like, I see that because I'm 40% red and 60% blue. So whenever I'm trying to make a decision, the, the red is like, let's get this done, let's get this done now. And the blue is like, hold on, wait, like, let's get this done right. Um, so I think the blue is, is really concerned about, you know, thinking through every single possible scenario that can go wrong. And you can clearly see why that's a weakness because it can really slow a blue down. So that's why I think the other temperaments can, can help to step in and say, like, you thought about the million scenarios that could go wrong, but what about the one or two things that can go right? Does that justify, like, going forward with the decision anyway? Mm -hmm. and, and maybe I'll, I'll jump in and just ask you a follow-up question here, which hopefully doesn't cause stress, okay? <laughs> which is that I, I think the blues okay, are very good at picking out, like, like Diana said, seeing all the potentials. But a blue appreciates, let's say, if a red, or, or a, a red in this case, would come and say, give me the options, and the blue would say one, two, or three of the options, then red would say, okay, I understand it all, thank you for explaining, we're going with number two. A blue would have no problem with that. A blue may struggle to get to that point on their own, but that's where a blue and a red can leverage each other, okay, because the red may be too impatient to go through all those details, but the blue goes through them all, Give me one, two, three, we're going with this one, and that's that. See how we work together, okay?
Speaking of Reds, Sherry, tell us about the kryptonite of the Reds. Um, like, I can't imagine there's any, but I mean, let, let's say <laughs> hypothetically. We're talking hypothetical. So okay? actually, I thought of two, okay. and I didn't know which ones to say. Anyway, um, I think micromanaging as a Red is one of the really challenging things. It's like, mm. you know, you want to like delegate, and so you delegate, but then you don't like the way someone is doing something or how inefficient they're doing it. There's a lot of elbow nudging right now. <laughs> 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 um, so I think micromanaging is a big thing. And then the other thing I've actually noticed through this series with myself is um, being more critical than appreciative. I think like if I ask someone to do something and they do it, my gut reaction is to criticize how they did it or how well they did it versus to just say thank you for doing it regardless of the outcome. Um, so I think those are two things that I could use a lot of help in. Okay. Thank you, Sherry. Kendrick. Um, I think a weakness for the yellows uh, would be um, just impa being impatient with drawn out processes or long explanations about something. When you, <laughs> you know, I'm just ready to get to the exciting part. <laughs> um, so if you give me like a step by, I'm probably going to skip the middle. And, <laughs> you know, so I think the other colors, like my wife is a blue, so. Whenever I give her this idea, she listens, and then she's like, okay, what about this, this, this? And I'm like, you, you're killing me. <laughs> this is not going to work. So I think, I think, you know, that's how we can help each other. Like, the yellows are going to be excited, they're going to be enthusiastic, and they want to, you know, get to the exciting part. But you can help out by just saying, hey, did you think about this? Like, you, you will. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you, Kendrick. Peter. All right, I think... We can think about it, your greatest strength is your greatest weakness. And then, um, I'm married to a red, so I got permission, but you, there's, there is like a lot of the things that were being said. Uh, yeah, time management, procrastination, yeah, you don't start things, you know, just, so I think those are kind of like the, the weaknesses in there um, that come along with who I am. Um, I know it's not an excuse, but, um, so I think those are those are kind of like the big things that stand out and just learning some of those things I can from the red and like how to apply it. Um, and even though it is stressful, um, but it can be done. Great. And I like what Peter said in the beginning, which is your strength is also your weakness. Okay. What we love about each other is end up being what we hate about each other. Okay, what I, 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 we love that the greens are flexible and laid back, but there comes a point where it's too laid back and too flexible that we hate it, right? Yep. So that, that's the way it is with all the temperaments, is that what the strength, if it's you know, too much to a, degree, to a too high a degree, can become a weakness, okay? Thank you, guys. Okay, here's a fun question. And I got this question in many different shades. The question is, everyone wants to know what color was Jesus? So I want each temperament to make the case for why Jesus was their color. Would you? Yeah, for sure. He's absolutely, yeah. The person who asked the question actually sent me a question saying, Jesus did this and this. So clearly Jesus was a blue, okay? And I want to respond back, are you a blue by any chance, okay? So Kendrick, make the case why Jesus was a yellow. Well, Jesus, uh, you know, he got along with everybody. For the most part, he welcomed people from all walks of life. He was clearly the life of the party. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, and, you know, he turned water into wine to keep everybody having a good, exciting hey, time. Hey, 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 hey! <laughs> Take it. Uh, your yellow sister there is agreeing with you right there. So Jesus clearly was a yellow. Sherry, what color do you think Jesus might have been? 
Um, I think Jesus had to have at least some or mostly read because he was on a mission and he accomplished that mission. So he was very focused. Um, he did what he needed to do, but also he was a truth teller. So he, you know, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. He didn't care. He told the truth. He spoke the truth, no matter who you were. So he definitely had to have some red in him for sure. <laughs> Peter? Obviously, he's agreeing. <laughs> now, there's no doubt about it. Um, and one of the things I was thinking about when I got this question was the story of Lazarus when he waited like three days <laughs> to go. And I'm like, you can't get more green than that. And everyone's telling him, hey, we got to go get Lazarus. Like, you know, he was on a mission. <laughs> That's a new interpretation for me. That's a new interpretation, okay? We are not liable or responsible for any of the comments made up here on stage. Do not represent the views of SDSA. <laughs> Diana. So I would make the case that Christ was not just blue. I think he was the perfect blue. And um, so uh, I'll explain. So I think if you say that uh, blue is the color of perfection and order, you know, uh, Christ was you know, the ultimate perfection and he instituted perfect order. He's the Ponto Quartor. Um, and you could see it not just in the characteristics that he displayed when he was on earth, but also you could see that like he displays what a perfect blue should look like. So how he overcomes some of the weaknesses of a blue. So for example, he was deeply compassionate and very thoughtful. He was perfect and holy, but he went and reached out to people who were far from perfect and sinners to show us that we should not uphold people by our own standards. So because by his standard, no one, everyone essentially fell short. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, I said at the beginning that, like, you know, we anticipate problems before they happen. Um, I think Christ shows us that he was the perfect blue because he, even though he was able to anticipate that, like, Judas is going to betray him, that at the exact same the date and time he's going to be turned in to be crucified, um, that didn't stop him from following through because it was part of his mission, like Sherry was saying. So I think there, there's a lesson there for the blues that even though sometimes it's easy for us to kind of anticipate the problem and kind of walk away, Sometimes going through that problem or argument or conflict can be part of the mission. Okay. So the, the jury's still out on what color Jesus was, okay? But leaving Jesus aside, I came up with some other Bible characters, and let's see if we can figure out what color they were, okay? I got four characters right here. St. Paul. Red. <laughs> Red for sure, because St. Paul was bold, he was decisive. St. Paul was, as my lovely wife put it, the bulldozer, okay, <laughs> where he ran through stuff and he didn't care who was in his way. And sometimes to a fault, okay, when, when, when you know, he was going and, and Mark was, 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 didn't want to go with him, he's like, I don't care about Mark, get rid of him. And Barnabas is like, no, he was nice. Get rid of you, Barnabas, too. Like, he just got rid of anyone in his way because he had a mission and he went for it. Moses. Moses was probably blue. Why? Because Moses, first of all, was extremely organized, okay? He led 200, 2 million Middle Easterners through the desert. And he had them organized in the groups, and the tabernacle that, that, that he was commanded was with very precise details, this color here, this kind of wood here, whatever it may be. And also you see with Moses that he was deeply sensitive, okay? Remember when, when the people... Were, were sinning, I'm sorry, when the people complained against Moses, Moses was like, I can't take these people, they're the worst. Okay, he, was, he took it very, 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 very personal when the people criticized. Abraham? Abraham was a green. I would say Abraham was a green. 
And the reason why, obviously we don't know for sure, but I'd say Abraham, because he was all about, can't we all just get along? That was Abraham, okay? Can't we all just get along? Oh, well, I don't want any problems right here. So Sarah says, have a baby with her. Okay, have a baby with her, okay? And then, you know, <laughs> he did, okay? He knew it was wrong, but I just, whatever Sarah said is fine. Like, just let it go right here. And then he was, he wanted to take care of Hagar. He wanted to take care of Ishmael. He wanted to take care, like, he just wanted everything to just be smooth and peaceful. And he was the father of many nations. There was always an open door with Abraham. St. Peter, he's the yellow, okay? Because St. Peter was the guy, whenever there was awkward silence, he jumped in, okay? Whenever it was like, who do people say that I am? I don't know. You're Christ, the son of the living God, okay? And then uh, gonna, we need to watch Jesus when he was going to wash the feet. He said, I'm going to wash your feet. Never, never wash my feet. I got to. Okay, wash my whole body, top to bottom and left to right, whatever it may be. St. Peter was always quick to jump in. Now, why I wanted to, to point out those is because I want to point out two things with the strengths and the weaknesses. First thing is that God called each of those people to a work that fit their temperament. God called each of those people to a work that fit their temperament, and God does the same with us. In other words, Abraham, the green, would not have been the best preacher the way St. Paul was. And St. Paul would have stunk at build the family of God. But God gave him that task, God gave him that task. Peter was the yellow. Peter would not have been as good at planning the details of the Exodus the way Moses was, and Moses may not have been as strong when it came to preaching on Pentecost. In fact, that's why Moses said, when he said, go to Pharaoh, he said, I can't do it. Send me Aaron, okay? So God gave them each a role to fit their, their strengths. That's important. But then the second part of it is just as important, and it sounds contradictory, but it's not. The second thing I want to point out is that God found ways to transform all of their weaknesses. God didn't just leave them and say, you're strong in this, good for you being that. God said, you're strong in this, so I want you to go in this area. But I want to transform your weakness because in Christ, all are a new creation. That's what I was saying at the beginning of learning other languages. Not I'm a red, I'm a red, I'm a red, I'm a red, I don't care about anything else. No, red, you need to learn how to speak green because there's times that green is the right answer. There's times that yellow and there's times that blue. So we have to learn how to speak these other languages. So I told you a minute ago that St. Paul was not very good at like the relationship aspect. Get rid of Mark. We don't care about him. But you know, by the end of St. Paul's life, he actually became very relational. He was the one when he was in prison, said, send me Timothy because I need my disciple around me. And he brought St. Mark back to him eventually. When he was, he brought him back. God, God did sandpaper on some of those rough edges. Abraham was all about family and peace. But what was the challenge God gave Abraham that he didn't give anyone else in all of Scripture? What was the challenge? Abraham, I want you to do what? Kill your son. For St. Paul, no problem. Kill some other people's sons as well. Like, that would have been easy. Okay, we'll sacrifice anybody who needs, okay, who crosses us. But for Abraham, this must have been the hardest thing. But God gave it to him to transform him. So that's the point here, is that with all of us and our weaknesses, God wants us to recognize our strengths but not be too comfortable in the sense to say that I can't change, I can't be transformed, okay? Question number four. It's to Sherry. We'll start with you on this one. <clears throat> oh, question number four is going to be, uh, how would you react to each of the following scenarios? So again, with some of the questions that I got, I got a lot of questions and some were scenarios. So I kind of modified them a little bit, okay? Remove the names to protect the, the innocent, okay? And we're going to go rapid repeat right here, okay? We're going to go this direction. So Sherry, then Kendrick, and then Peter, and then Diana. How would you respond to each of the following scenarios? Number one, 
you and your friends have plans to go out to dinner to celebrate someone's birthday. And then at the last minute, the friend who was going to give you a ride says, I changed my mind, I don't want to go anymore. How would you respond? I probably wouldn't be in that situation. I'm usually, I want my own car. <laughs> I don't rely on other people to drive me, but if I was, I would be very annoyed. And then I would be happy that I have my own car so, and then never ask anyone for a ride ever again. Okay. So you would be independent, so you wouldn't need it, but if you, in case that you were dependent, you would quickly transform back to being independent from the situation. Kendrick, how would you react? Um, I'll feel bad that they're gonna miss out on the fun, then I would go. Then you would go. <laughs> would go. And what if they were your ride? Oh, I'll get another ride. If we get another ride, because yep. you just call another friend up, no problem, okay, they're lost. Peter, how would you respond? Yeah, this, this probably wouldn't bother me at all. Um, <laughs> to a really small extent, and I, I guess my main concern was like, why, what happened? That'd be my thinking, and then I'd move on. You see that? They didn't care what happened. <laughs> they didn't even think about why the person changed their plans. This one, I, that's done with that friend. And this one, I don't even remember their name. I just want to go to the party. But the green, okay? The green said, I wonder what's wrong with them, okay? The blue, how would you respond? I think it's, uh, we would probably anticipate this happening in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> so you would already have a plan B, plan C, plan D, up until Z. So there's no problem. I'm probably going to get there. Okay. Fantastic. Okay. Actually, we'll mix it up the order so we get a different. Uh, Kendrick, you're trying to get out the door on time with your kids and they aren't moving fast enough and you're going to be late. I'm going to bribe them with a good time. You bribe them with a good time. Yep. Okay. Uh, Sherry. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, no. I'll, I'll make it exciting for us to get out of the house. You make it exciting. Sherry. I would pick them up and put them where they need to go. <laughs> <laughs> And Diane, I'm oh, sorry. I was going to say until I can't pick them up anymore and then I don't know. Okay. So you pick the force their way in. Diana. You, you said a departure time that's an hour and a half ahead of time. <laughs> okay. In the green? I'm usually rushing out the door <laughs> with them. So They're probably pushing you yeah. out the door. Yeah. They're probably like, hurry up. Uh, yeah, yeah. For sure. And this, this actually does bother me. And every time I tell them to go faster, we go slower. So. <laughs> okay. Great. My point here, you see, there's four different normals. This is, each one has a different normal, okay? Diana, after a tough week of work, you come home on a, oh, this is a tough one for a blue, okay? <laughs> after a tough week of work, you come home on a Friday evening to find that your family and friends have planned an impromptu get-together at your home. Oh. That's, yeah, that's my biggest nightmare. <laughs> um, I would probably attend and then find the person who came up with the idea and have a conversation. <laughs> and let's go to the opposite. That happens to you, Kendrick, impromptu party. It's a good time. That's a That's good, a good time. time. You'd find the person and thank them. You offer oh, to yeah, marry them if they sure. were. You weren't. <laughs> Peter. <laughs> that, I, I love having people around me. I love being, you know, that's part of who I am. And that would, I mean, I'd be like, oh, it's kind of weird. And then we would just kind of have fun after yeah. that. You'd make it work. Yeah. Make it work. Sherry. If it was too late to say no, then <laughs> <laughs> I would probably go into task mode. Like, what do I need to do? How does the house need to be cleaned? Who needs to do what before people get here? Okay, okay, gotcha. True to form, everyone's doing great. Peter, someone at work keeps asking you about a list of tasks that you haven't completed yet. <laughs> <laughs> These are made up scenarios. Um, <laughs> so, um, uh, no, uh, honestly, yeah, it's, you, you, got, you, got to, you got to just say, hey, I messed up, and then work on it and get it done. And then um, that's when I ask someone who is more red, like, give me a day and a time, not 
You can be do whatever you want. It doesn't work for a green. Okay, great. Diana? Um, I think I, I think, oh, sorry. Uh, someone at work keeps asking you about a yeah. list of tasks that you haven't completed yet. Yeah, I think that would be unthinkable for a blue. Um, that would just like never happen to a blue. Uh. Okay. <laughs> Sherry. I'm usually the one asking other people where their tasks are that have not been completed. So I'm with Diana. That doesn't happen to me. Okay. Kendrick. I don't know. Um, I will probably make a joke about it. <laughs> Trying to avoid them and then do the most exciting task first. <laughs> and just work my way down. Okay. Again, four different normals. We all respond differently by nature. This is not a justification, but it is an explanation. Okay. There's a set of questions that I'm not going to answer. Okay, but I just want to explain why. I get several questions about marriage and with specifics. Okay, so I just got, actually, now that I'm looking at most of them have the word red in it. Okay, but <laughs> it's, I'm a red and I have a blue girlfriend. This is one of the hardest combinations. Red needs trust while it's difficult for a blue. How can I improve this situation? Another one said, I have a question in seeking a life partner slash wife. I know there isn't a color that's better than others, but they basically tell their story and which color should I choose, okay? And then my question is about how colors work in a marriage relationship. What's the best combination? Okay, and then another one. This is my favorite one, okay? <laughs> one person told me a long story. Okay, it's like two paragraphs about their husband, okay? And then they ended with this, I'll just, quote, is he red or is he just rude? <laughs> I can't answer those questions, okay? The truth is, is that temperament, this is important. Temperament is not, is not saying there's only four kinds of people in the world, okay? We are all as unique as our thumbprint. Each one of us is, is a unique mix of temperament plus personality plus experiences plus uh, nurture and an environment, and all kinds of different things. Temperament, think of it not as the answer to all the problems, but think of it as a key piece of information. It's an insight more than it is an answer. And I'll give you an example. Love languages. How many people are familiar with the concept of like the five love languages? Okay, great. So five love languages is a great book. It's a book written by uh, Chapman, okay, Gary Chapman, that talks about how there's five different ways that we receive love. Okay, quality time, words of affirmation, gifts, uh, physical touch, and acts of service. Okay, that's mine, so that's the most important one, okay? How does that fit in with temperament? Well, m the point here is, once you understand the temperament, let's say you have someone who words of affirmation is their, is their love language. They need words of affirmation. Now, if they're red, they need certain kind of words. Versus if they're green, it's different kind of words. So a red needs words of appreciation. A red needs words of like acknowledgement, like I saw that you did this. Remember we talked about how credit for work. Reds are all about credit. We don't need a big celebration and song and dance, but we just, when we empty the dishwasher, we just need you to know we emptied it. So if you're, <clears throat> the person you're, you're trying to love is words of affirmation. If they're red, give them those kind of words. If they're green, a green doesn't need those kind of words. A green needs words of peace and harmony and calm. Okay, Marianne and I are, are the red-green combination. And she needs words of affirmation. So anytime we fight, she's told me this many times, she just needs one word which is everything's gonna be okay. Everything's gonna be okay. And if I say that, the house is on fire. Marianne, everything's gonna be okay. Okay, <laughs> like she's fine. Everything's gonna be fine. And she just, like those are the kinds of words that she, she needs. How about quality time? A yellow 
with quality time wants like parties, adventure, activity. A blue quality time may be sitting on the couch together watching a movie, okay? Or leaving them to sit by themselves for a little. So my point is, is that temperament doesn't solve all the problems. It's not answer. Think of it more as an insight to help guide you, okay, um, in your relationships. <clears throat> Last question, and it's probably the most important one. In John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35, Jesus says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. As I have loved you, you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. This was what we talked about a lot during Holy Week, Father Timothy and myself, about loving one another. This is the ultimate command, to love one another. To our panelists, the purpose of our series wasn't just to have fun, but to get better at, quote, loving one another. How has this series helped you do that? Sherry, start us off. Sure. Um, I think it's helped me not just understand the people around me better. Um, and I actually sent the link to the quiz to my entire extended family that are all getting together in Canada next week. And everybody has taken this quiz and sent pictures of their results. So I think understanding our family dynamics, our extended family dynamics, but also kind of understanding more about myself and my, like I said, you know, my micromanaging and my being critical versus appreciative has helped me kind of um, change a little bit or at least acknowledge, you know, my weaknesses um, and has definitely helped um, our parenting and our marriage um, over the past couple of weeks. So um, it's been good. Okay. Kendrick. Um, I think it just helped me to like communicate, if that makes sense. I feel like, you know, we all want to, we all want the best for each other, but I could be saying one thing and I have the best intentions, but the other person may take it differently because it may, like, for example, I'm yellow and I'm talking to someone that's blue. I may come off as dismissive because they feel deeply or they are really into the details and I'm not, you know, but so for me, I had to learn, okay. Hey, pay attention to the details. Put as much reverence on these things as you would on things that make you excited. So it would it just helped me to communicate better and to communicate my love. Excellent. Thank you, Peter. I can't. I didn't watch all the series because I'm. I do. I do Sunday school, but just in. I guess in general, just learning. Sometimes you got to work on yourself and certain things to you know with your spouse and with your wife and husband, whoever, and, and, and learn parts of who they are and become better at it for you. And there's a great quote that I was reading when I was thinking about um, this, this question. And it says, Lord wants us to love one another. Here is freedom in love for God and neighbor. In the freedom, there is equality. The earth orders, there may not be equality, but this is not important to the soul. Not everyone can be a king, not everyone can be a patriarch or a boss, but in any position it is possible to love God and to please him. And only this is important. And whoever loves God more on earth will be greatly uh, will be greater glory in his kingdom. Saint Silouen. And I, I think that kinda is true of when we think about that in our dynamics of marriage, our work life and all that and just sticking to our love for God and uh, completing our mission and you know adapting our colors to each other thank you peter diana um <clears throat> i think it taught me something about being intentional 
Um, so if you look at like biblical characters, like the way Christ approached the Samaritan woman was very different from the way he approached Zacchaeus, very different from the way he approached Peter. The conversation he started with the Samaritan woman, very different from Zacchaeus, very different from the Samaritan people. Even beyond the biblical characters, the way he approached each and every one of us and the way he speaks to each and every one of us is very, very, very different. I think the perfect example of this is, you know, when you when you go on a mission, and you're probably all like preparing for to go on a mission soon. Uh, you learn like how to speak the language, how to understand the culture, the do's and don'ts of what to get there. And and it's really amazes me that by the same token that we're willing to put that effort to go and serve people there uh, for you know five ten days, how much more should we be more intentional about the people that are all around us, the person next to you, the person in front of you, the person behind you? Uh, so I think it taught me something about being more intentional. Wow. Honestly, give these guys a big hand. Give these guys a big hand. What everyone said here was beautiful, but Diana, you stole, the, you stole my thunder right there. Exactly what you said is perfect. No, in a, in, a very, in a great way, which is that the whole point of this is learning to speak the language of one another because that's what Jesus did for us. He came down, okay? He who is all God, came down and learned, not learned, he's obviously God, and spoke human and became weak like us and took on our flesh. He didn't wait for us to learn his language because he knew we couldn't. He came down and became fluent in ours so that we could get to know him so that we could speak his language. Okay, it's exactly, this is the, the story of Christianity in a nutshell. And, and, and if, if, like Diana said, is if we do this when we go on mission trips, if we do this when we go visit other places, this is, we should be doing that on a daily basis right here because the bottom line is love commands us, love requires us. Lo if we're going to love like Jesus, it is a mission trip. If I'm going to go on a mission trip, I'm going to go on a trip to Egypt, okay, in a little bit. Love requires me that I learn the language of the people that I'm speaking to as much as I can. I'm not saying I have to be fluent in it, but I'm saying love requires me to go and to speak their language. I cannot go there and say, I love you so much. Speak my language or I have nothing, I don't know your name. Love requires it. If I'm going to communicate with someone, to communicate in their language, and that's what this whole series is all about. We'll wrap up here with two verses. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. That has to be the way we try to speak. We're not speaking because this is what I want to say. We're looking at the person in front of us. What will impart Grace, what will communicate the message to that person in front of me? Okay, oops, sorry, the other way. And there's the other one. Proverbs 18, verse 21. This is how we started the series. That death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life are in the power. This thing right here in front of, inside of our mouths is a very powerful tool, okay? And it can bring life, and it can bring death. And as we are wrapping up this series, so many people have told me, how this series has affected them and been, and been good. And so many people said the following sentence, and I think we can also all agree. I wish I had known this before. I wish I'd known this when my kids were. I wish I had known this when I was still at home with my parents. I wish I had known this before so-and-so passed away. I wish I had known this. Can't go back. But here we are right now. And if, if we know it right now, okay, the responsibility is on us to not just take this as a four-week fun thing and see each other's colors and whatever it may be, Although it would be nice if we did wear colors for the rest of our life. It would make life much easier, okay? But the whole point is that when we approach another person, that love requires me to learn how to speak their language and impart grace to them, okay? Thank you, Sherry. Thank you, Kendra. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, Diana. Give them a big hand. Okay? Go ahead. 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 You can just leave the mic here. Yeah, thank you.
For everyone else, okay, we can stand up and say a prayer together. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that you gave us. Thank you for this series. Thank you, Lord, for opening our eyes to see that, you know what, the way we communicate is good for us, but it may not work for everyone else. So give us that spirit of humility. The same way you, Lord, came down, took our flesh, spoke our language, and communicated to us in a language that we could understand. Give us the same spirit. Give us the same love. It's not even just a spirit of, of, of trying. It's, it's love. Give us that true love for our neighbor that would, would encourage us, Lord, to become better at communicating with every person that we see. I pray, Lord, that through this series that homes would be blessed, marriages would be restored, relationships that have been broken, Lord, would be healed. I pray that you would bring us all closer to the place that you want us to be with our relationships. We pray these things in the mighty name of your Son, Jesus Christ, with the intercessions and the prayers of all your saints. Here, as we pray thankfully, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus' name.